This is Paddling Adventures Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Got a few things to talk this week. It's going to be a bit of a different show, one segment here. Uh, we got um, lots planned for the show. Derek, things yes. going well this week? Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Nothing spectacular? Well, no, things are slowing down at work, so I'm pretty excited. I'm uh, now in the planning mode for a camping trip. Excellent. And that's going to be our segment today is your Yes, we'll talk about that a little trip. bit later. Yeah. Um, we are... Well, get into fall here, and uh, a few things coming up we've mentioned before. We're going to start working on a few review videos. Our Grail water filters came in the mail, and we are going to uh, take those out, give them a whirl, and let people see what it actually looks like to use them. I'm pretty impressed with those filters. You know what? I think they were they were pretty cool. Uh, when we open the box and start getting into them, the packaging even is yeah. Is even the packaging awesome. is nice. It looks like it's a bottle of scotch or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the little cardboard tube thing with the lid that comes off yeah. and everything, and writing all around it. It uh, looks pretty decent. Uh, I took it to work today to show off with the guys at work. Oh yeah, what they think uh, of it? They thought it was pretty cool. It's it's what it's nice about it. It's such a nice and neat and compact little package. It's uh, they've they all the details were thought of. It seemed yeah. Yeah, definitely were. Uh, but yeah, we'll take the, we'll take that out and uh, give it a little, film a little review of it. And I know we tried it here once already just to see how it worked. And man, I can't believe how easy it is. Mm-hmm. Your tensile tent, Stingray. Yes. So uh, I was thinking when we go out to the video, we could do a uh, time lapse or something of the setup and show the setup and whatever. So all these videos we're going to post on the website. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other one is the your Enki... Enki's, twig stove. Yes. Yeah, so we, I, I ended up getting two twig stoves, the Vital Grill, which I got a while back and the Yankee stove, which I was interested in trying out. So I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of heading towards, I want to try and do a little bit easier camping and, and natural cooking and stuff like that in the back country, but we'll see how they work. I don't know if it's going to stick or not. Yeah. I, I've sort of tossed up on that. Um, I do like the, just plug and play with the sort of thing with the, uh, the, uh, gas stoves that I got, you know, I got the, the little, um, whisper light stove there. You just put the fuel in and away you go. But, uh, the twig stove, it's a good idea, but I don't know. Sometimes it just seems a bit more work. It, it seems like it's more work. It's not as, as clean and neat and tidy. There's uh there's a few, like if you end up with, you, I, th- I think you're always going to be able to find dry twigs. If you find dry branches on a pine tree and stuff like that, they usually mm-hmm. stay dry, but it's, it's, you end up being a little bit more risky. And, and one of my complaints that I've mentioned before, when we talked about these twig stoves, is that they blacken pots. Although the Yankee stove is, seems to be really good with not blackening pots. It, it burns the fuel and the gases and everything so that there's very, like there's basically hardly any smoke at all. So yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll check those out and, uh, yeah, so we'll get those done and then we'll post them up on our, our, uh, website, our Facebook page. And, um, I don't know if we can stick, I guess you can't stick videos on Instagram. Yeah, you can. I've Little quick ones, right? Oh, I've done them. Long videos? Yeah. Really? Well, depending on how we mean by long, but yeah, it's, you can, you're linking. Five hours. <laughs> <laughs> You could try. <laughs> I've done it. I've I've had uh, videos of my kids on Instagram. Yeah, just quick little videos. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of, I just want to put it out there. Our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. Check it out. Uh, we are in the process of up doing a major, major upgrade to the site. Um, eventually we're going to be getting links to iTunes and, and whatnot, but you can, uh, there's links to other things there to our, our different pages. There's links to all past 32 right now episodes, 32, 33, something like that. Yeah. I think we're, uh, on, uh, 33 episodes. Yeah. yeah. There's 33 episodes up there right now, our past shows that you can go listen to download and, and listen to whenever you want, uh, MP3 format. Uh, they're about 63 meg in size sort of thing. But uh, I get a lot of people, and that's exactly what they're doing is is downloading the previous shows, and when they're driving in the car, they're listening to them. So yeah. that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, do check out our Facebook page. Uh, we have links on our Facebook page, and we're posting and sharing a lot of information from different 
um, canoeing and kayaking and stand-up paddleboard sites and individual people like uh, David Lee, the passionate paddler and Algonquin Outfitter, Swift Canoe, like different companies as well. So we are getting quite a lot up there that we share and not just from Canada, from the States, from, from Europe and whatnot as well. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of information on there. And I've seen there's a, there's a lot of stand-up paddleboard stuff from England. Yes. yes. There's a lot of it. What I find interesting too is, I, I don't know if it's the type of person that gets into different things, but you, you find that forums tend to be a lot of people talking about canoeing and a little bit of kayaking. But when you talk about uh, stuff like uh, Instagram and people talking about their sport, you get a lot of people talking about stand-up paddleboard. It seems to be the in thing and everybody wants to talk about it right now. Yeah. It's funny when you, when you look at stuff on the internet. Um, yeah. When you get into Facebook and stuff, there's an awful lot about the stand-up paddleboards. Yeah. And then when you start looking at clothing, everything seems to be kayaks. Yes. And then when you're looking at, um, well, anything camping related with a paddle, it's all canoes. Yeah. They seem know? to break off in their own little segment. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty neat when you start looking at that sort of thing. Uh, I saw one t-shirt, um, I would love to get, but it's, it's got kayak paddles instead of canoe paddles. And, uh, it says river pirate and there's a pirate on the front of it and that, but, uh, yeah, it says river pirate on it and, uh, crossed, um, kayak paddles, like, like mm-hmm. skull and crossbones sort of deal. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, pretty neat. Saw that on, on the, the thing the other day. Um, so, so yeah, definitely visit our Facebook page. There's a lot of information that we share on there for, for people to check out. Um, and of course you start on one article and lead to another, to another, to another, to another. Exactly. You know, and everybody's sort of interconnected in this giant paddling community. So I'd uh, definitely ask you to check that out. So we, we kind of spread ourselves across multiple platforms. Yep. I'm seeing, we're seeing a lot of traffic on Facebook. We're seeing a whole lot of traffic on Instagram. Oh yeah, I've been. And so we're, we're, we're just diverting out, diverging out into the, all the different platforms and seeing what works for our listeners and for people that are interested in what we're interested in. Yeah. And I mean, if you go to any of these, you go to our website or you go to Facebook or you go to Instagram. I've been, I've been throwing a lot of stuff on Instagram lately. Um, there's, there's links there to the other platforms as well. So you can just follow around and, and you'll, you'll be able to find them. No problem. Just remember paddling adventures radio and you can check them out. Yeah. If you Google it, all the different things come up. Yeah. And we also require you people that are listening to send us a, a message once in a while. Let us know if you're enjoying the show, like some feedback, if you, there's things you want us to talk about and. Or things we'll, we'll you don't to, like. Yeah, or things you don't like. Um, we're always looking for ideas on what people want to hear. You can send the emails. There's an email link on our website. You can send us a, a message on Facebook, but if you want to send it to Sean, S-E-A-N at paddlingadventuresradio.com. Drop a, an email. I'll uh, check them out. Um, see what you guys have to say. Like I say, if there's anything you're looking to. You want to know about, we can do some research for you and see if we can't uh, hit up some of the people we know and, and do a segment. Um, there's a couple of things we got in the work. I know I want to, I'm looking at a new tent for next year for, um, a two man tent for some nice interior camping. And uh, I think I'm going to talk to David Lee about, uh, Eureka tents. See if we can't get them on and, uh, do a little. Now there was that, uh, one Eureka tarp and screen yes tent we saw from eureka there that was that was a pretty cool looking thing it's like a bug tent but different been, type of uh tarp i've been looking it. at that too and it's a it's a nice interesting design you're basically hanging a tarp that has bug mesh all around it mm-hmm. so it ends up being like a dining tent but what it's a like who, nobody's gonna bring one of those dining tents into the back country right but if it's a tarp with a bug fly on it it's a ultralight bug tent yeah. Or a dining tent. And I've been looking at, uh, there's a, a, a nine by 10 and a, uh, 10 by 12 foot, uh, bug tents by Nemo. And it, that's the one I've been looking at. And, uh, so I'm looking at buying one of those, uh, bug tarps myself. Yeah. Well, it's, we'll see if we can't get some, uh, people on to talk about tents for us. You know, I mean, anywhere you're going, whether it'll fit in your canoe pack or whether it'll fit in your kayak somewhere. 
um, you know, everybody's looking for them these days and I know I'm looking for one. So let's get some professional advice, shall we? Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll give a, we'll give a few people a call and see what we can do. But, uh, in the meantime, we got a few other things to cover here, uh, this week and, uh, hope you guys stick with us. We're going to take a quick break here and when we come back, we're going to talk about the time of year and what it is to see. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. Well, we were talking before about shoulder seasons and getting ready. And right now we're looking at the fall colors and we're looking at peak colors in central Ontario, especially Algonquin Park. Yes. Along that latitude, right? Like further south in southern Ontario in the States, it's, it's delayed and further north you're obviously it's, uh, we're, we're past peak. Yeah. But uh, right now, and uh, obviously we tend to focus more on Algonquin Park because that's what we know. That, and that's where most of our, yeah, I mean, our paddling ha- happens up in that area. Yes. You know, um, maple colors are, are huge. Yes. So the sugar maples yeah. Are, yeah. are peaking right now. Yeah. And within a week or so, whether we're going to see poplar and birch are going to peak for their colors. Yeah. Cause they're just right at the beginning of, yeah, of the big yellows. Yes. You know, um. So the reds are coming. Yeah, and this is what makes it really popular uh, for paddlers up there. Um, and I'm not just talking canoe trippers to go to the interior. I mean, I'm talking anything along the Highway 60 corridor and through Algonquin Park. And there's there's fall colors tours. Like there's bus loads of people yeah. that go up to Algonquin Park and to check out the fall colors. Like people are being trucked in from everywhere just to see the fall colors. It is very popular. It's it's uh it's like you know trying to find a ski resort at Christmas or New Year's, right? You're not going to find it. They're all booked. So Algonquin and hotels and stuff in and around the area are booked solid. Booked solid. Yeah, I mean day trips that are I mean leave Toronto and they head north for the day and back on the on the buses. I mean yes. it's ridiculous. Um, now for this year, it's, uh, the peak colors are slightly delayed. Like they talk about, uh, dryness, warmth. So we had a warm and dry, we had a hot summer, a dry, dry summer. Yeah. We had a warm fall. So peak is slightly delayed. Uh, normal, normal peak is around September 27th or so. Yeah. And the latest on record is around, is on October 9th, which was in 1996. So that's the latest peak they've had on record. 96. I'm trying to remember if I was camping or not. Yeah. Cause usually when I do my canoe trips, um, mid October, we're usually just the other side of peak. Um, and the, yeah, the, the leaves are falling and whatnot. There's a, there's a good amount of leaves, a percentage of the leaves are off. Um, but there's been a couple years, uh, we, I usually go around the 10th of October, which is the Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, there's been a couple of years where we're right at peak. Yes. Right. So it's, it's really cool to get up there and see those colors. And really it's hit and miss too, because it is. Uh, if you get a, a heavy wind, you, you lose a lot of those uh, fragile yeah. leaves that are, oh, yeah. as they start to turn, they're not as, uh, not hooked as well. So uh, I've, I, I, what is it? Two years ago, me and my wife went up to Algonquin to check out fall colors and, and it was in the middle of a windstorm. And when we got there, the leaves were mostly on the ground. It was, and we were at peak and, but just a heavy windstorm came through and blew everything down. So it was, it was kind of disappointing, but eh, it's, it's, it is what it is. We still got out in the woods. Yeah. And you're hearing about it during the week and you're thinking this weekend, I'm going to go up and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to the Algonquin or I'm going to the Muskoka somewhere or, you know, even north of Peterborough, something like that. And, uh, you get up there come the weekend when you're finally not working and you've missed it. Yes. 
You know, that's that's the kind of the, it's, it's the downside of it. It is. It's a really tight window some years, and uh, if you if you happen to strike it right, more power to you. But um, now there's been years where we're totally disappointed, and then other years where you're just like, wow, it's mind blowing. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, we talk about Algonquin because we do we do our camping while we're there. But yeah, anywhere along there between Georgian Bay and and Algonquin and over towards the Ottawa Valley side, there's uh, the Quebec border. Um, you can start seeing the colors and and whatnot this time of year. And yeah, you, whether you take your paddleboard up and your 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 kayak up or your canoe up, just remember the water's getting colder, and you got to start using that safety. And uh, the weather's thoughts. getting more unpredictable. Rain. Cold weather, cold winds, all of that. It's it's up there. Now I've been, oh, this would have been beginning of the, probably early 2000s. Um, I went up the, this weekend, same same weekend, um, and got hit by an ice storm. It was supposed to be a bit of rain and it turned into a massive really? ice storm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, uh, just, yeah, I, I, it was a solo trip. I was supposed to go in for four days. I came out after two. It was just that bad. You don't risk it. You know, you got to use your brain. You got to, you got to start thinking what can happen. And, uh, you keep going farther into the back country by yourself and something happens. Yes. You get more you know, and more isolated. Get, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the colors are definitely right where you want them to be right now. And if you can get out and see them, uh, this weekend, then I would definitely be making that car trip. And if you can throw the kayak or canoe on the top of your car and take a spin. You can, if you're looking to rent something while you're up that way, I would definitely call ahead, ahead <laughs> before you even leave your house. Yes. Um, yeah, if you're expecting to just show up and rent a canoe without asking ahead, then you may be uh, out of luck. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Algonquin Outfitters, you know, our, our friends up there and uh, yeah, they'll hook you up, but not if they don't have anything yeah. left to rent. Like not on weekends, midweek you'd find something because mostly yeah. in midweek you you have the bus tours going up and people aren't paddling into the back country or going on day paddles. But on the weekend, you're going to see a lot of people doing day paddles and stuff. Oh, everybody goes up for the day and they want to try it out. And, yeah. you know, hey, we're here to see the colors and, you know, and uh, we've mentioned it before. There seems to be a lot of people from Japan and whatnot, uh, Asia that just come over and that is what they come over for. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hitting, they're the ones hitting those buses and coming up through Algonquin Park, the Highway 60 corridor and every stop, the hiking trails, you know, um, Canoe Lake, Opiongo, it's just packed with buses and people. Yeah. And that's what they're here to see is the fall colors. And while they're there, they're renting the canoes and giving it a whirl for the first time ever, you know? So yeah, if you're looking to, to rent something, definitely call before you go. And, uh, but it's definitely... Don't stay home this weekend. Even if it rains, go up and see the colors. You got the car, bring an umbrella, bring some rain gear. You don't want to miss the colors because hey, next weekend, they're going to all be gone. Yes. You know, it doesn't last long. The rain starts, the wind starts, and it's done. So check out the fall colors. If you have a camera, definitely bring it. Bring uh, some protection for your camera because if it is raining or whatever, uh, that's what I do. I always take my camera at this time of year and a tripod. And there's so much to take pictures of. Just oh, the colors. The colors just know. pop this time of year. It's just an amazing time. It's just, it, it's mind blowing. It's magical time of year to, to be in the backcountry, to be in amongst the hardwoods. And, uh, it's just, the colors are just amazing. Well, if you're, you're on a lake in the backcountry and you're looking across the shore of a big lake and the entire, the hills are just color, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the reds, the yellows. I mean, it's phenomenal just seeing all the colors. You're, you're sitting on, on the beach or whatever at your campsite, and that's all you see is color. You're going down the uh, the, the little rivers, you know, and you get, you get all the trees that are turning colors as well, right on each side of the river and over the rivers and stuff. And uh, it's beautiful. And you, unlimited photography and video opportunities there. So make sure if you are out there, make sure you got that camera, make sure your batteries are charged and... And you uh, should have no problems getting some nice pictures, that's for sure. Something to hang on your wall, make Christmas cards or whatever out of. Um, I know I've done that, calendars. I know people that still do that. And uh, definitely time of year to do it. Yeah. And now is the time to do it. Hit it up this weekend, 
hit it up this week if you can. Yeah, um, it, it, during the week would be best because the traffic would be a little bit less. Yeah. On the weekend, it's going to be a madhouse along the Highway 60 corridor in Algonquin Park. Yep, and if you're up there, if you're in the park, stay safe with the driving, with the paddling, with the hiking, all of it. Stay safe, have some fun, enjoy the time of year. Hey, this is Sean Rowley of Paddling Adventures Radio. When out on the water, a bad map can lead to a terrible paddling experience. That's why when paddling Tomogamy, Killarney, and Algonquin Park, I've come to rely on Jeff's map. If you're looking for a waterproof, tear-resistant map with paddling routes, portage data, historical points, and much more, then go to jeffsmap.com and see the maps I use. Available in print or in a downloadable format, jeffsmap.com. Crawl out of the tent First thing I do Fire up the pocket rocket Start the brew Wait for a whiff Of that wake-me-up aroma And then I'm in A happy camper moment With my hands around the mug Watching the mist rise The first hot sip Opening my eyes French press, ground fresh Dipping back, percolate Nescafe, gourmet Special blend, you know I save Time with my morning cup A camp coffee Later tonight Dinner's long gone Campfire started and the dishes are done The blue mug's waiting with my caffeine fix And a little extra something thrown into the mix With my hands around the mug Watching the sunset The first hot sip How good can it get? Swiss Miss chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a gym Irish cream, Maker's Mark, Amaretta Put it in my evening cup of camp coffee Bear got the food, no problem Lost the tent pegs, I can solve Holes in the tarp, that's easy to fix Oh, but run out of coffee it's the end of the trip Gotta have my hands around the mug Watching the mist rise The first hot sip Opening my eyes French press, ground fresh Dipping bag, percolator Nescafe, gourmet Special blend, you know a savor Swiss miss, chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a Jim Beam Irish cream Maker's Mark Amaretto It's all about me and my cup It's something that'll never give up Have a seat, I'll pour you a cup Of Camp Coffee Camp Coffee Camp Coffee Why yes, I believe I will have a second cup, sweetheart you'd never ask. Camp Coffee. Hey, darling, Camp why don't you come on over here and watch this sunset with me? Camp Bring that coffee. cup of coffee with you, too. A little closer. Camp you are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. That was Jerry Vandiver's song, Camp Coffee. We, uh, we play a few of his songs every now and then and uh, seem to enjoy, enjoy listening to him and other people do as well, so... Uh, check him out on Facebook and on iTunes, Jerry Vandiver. He's got a lot of paddling uh, CDs going on there, and uh, I'm sure you'll like some of his stuff. 
So Derek, you have a trip coming up in October. I do. Uh, yes. So we're planning, I was, we we're supposed to do this trip there a couple of weeks ago, but work got in the way and we had to delay it. But so now we're in our full on into planning and we think we've narrowed down a window to go. And so I just, uh, I thought we would take the opportunity now just to discuss trip planning and, uh, everybody has their own methods and everybody has their own breakdown about how to put gear together and decide what to bring and what not to bring and whatnot. So I thought we would, uh, sort of go through and do a small segment on, uh, on trip planning. Well, what I'd like to do, uh, if you're up for it is why don't we discuss what you do when you plan a trip? So what you're doing now to plan the trip. Mm-hmm. And then as we, you lead up to it, we can maybe do an update on, you know, changes you've made, what extra things you've done as an update to, to this show. Sure. And then when you get back from the trip, uh, why don't we chat about how the trip went as well as what differences, um, or what things were different about what you had planned versus what actually happened and sort of do a, a, a post trip breakdown, breakdown yeah. versus what you thought was going to happen and what you planned for, what you didn't need, that exactly. sort of stuff. Cause there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I mean, they're into the paddling, but they're not necessarily into the, uh, the tripping and, uh, maybe they'd like to hear, you know, what yes. goes into planning one and then versus what actually happens when you're there. You know, did you bring too much? Did you bring, you know, did you plan things properly? And yes, you know, what unexpected things happen sort of deal. And when it comes to trip planning, I, I think for me, like everybody struggles, I think with trip planning. I know I do. Like when I'm, when, if I'm doing a solo trip, it's the easiest time. I just, I just go up into my attic and I throw a bunch of stuff into the bag and I'm good to go. I just throw some, some dried goods in and it's so easy to plan for myself. But when I'm tripping with others, I'm always going to the nth degree and I always bring too much stuff trying to take care of other people's needs. So if I'm off with my wife and kids, I take too much stuff. I put too much effort into planning. It's just, it, I rack my brain trying to make sure I cover all the, all the things that could happen or go wrong or whatever. And, and this is, and that's like, uh, fortunately with, uh, <laughs> fortunately with the trip that I'm doing with the guys from work, it's, it's a lot easier. Uh, one of the guys, uh, Pierre, he, um, he likes to, he sort of, he takes charge of the planning and, and he does have a, and I've, I've adopted it too. He's got this one page, it's a eight and a half by 11 sheet and it's a checklist and it covers all possible things that you might want to bring. And you just run through the checklist and check things off and stuff like that. So it's really nice. It's so easy to, to look into what you should be or shouldn't be bringing in. And so you don't forget like a first aid kit. You don't forget the simple things, right? Yeah. I've got uh, a couple Excel spreadsheets, um, and it lists all my gear. And basically what I do is I, every time I'm going on a trip, if it's, you know, if it's with people, then I know this is the gear that I do need. This is the gear I don't need. Yeah. And then from there, I break it down into who's bringing what. Um, but yeah, you've got to have those lists. And if you don't, you're, you're bound to forget something. Absolutely. Especially if you're like right now, it's, uh, we're going to have between four and six people. Ideally we'd like to trip with four, but, uh, we're, we might have some new people along this year. And so when it comes to people that are not used to tripping and people that we're not used to having in the group, it's, uh, it makes the logistics a little bit more difficult. And so we go to great pains to make sure that we don't have like two pot sets or, you know, you don't have like six stoves going along on the trip. So we, we tell, like Pierre, Pierre's a bit of a control freak when it comes to planning. So he, we normally just use all of Pierre's stuff and then bring a few odds and ends and items, our own sleeping bags and tents and stuff like that for ourselves. So Pierre, he controls a lot of that, which mm-hmm. makes it easy for everybody else. It's nice. I don't even have to think about food because. Just tell me when and where to show up and exactly. what to bring. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice with, uh, with doing the tripping with Pierre, but, uh, it, with, with this trip and the playing that we're doing, like we've, we've narrowed down it, it kind of with the work commitments and, and training and stuff at work versus vacation. Like this time of year is, is getting into the better time of year because we're outside of normal work windows. So we found a window. We're going to be heading out uh, between the 16th and 19th of October, and uh, we're going to be heading up, and we're going to be going to do, be doing the summit of Ishpatina Ridge. 
So it's going to be a, it's a long drive. It's like, Which is up to Mogami. Yes. So Lady Evelyn. Uh, Smoothwater. Smoothwater yep. uh, Provincial Park. So we've, we've got the work commitments for, worked out. We've done all our negotiating with management and stuff like that so we can leave work. <laughs> so it, it's a, it's a bit of a pain, some give and take. Uh, we're waiting for the right weather window. So we're, we only need about three or four days, but we have a span of about, uh, seven or eight days. So we can shift it depending on how bad the weather is. Right. Right. And, uh, so we did, uh, we're heading up North. It's going to be, it's, uh, Lady Evelyn smooth water. It's, uh, you know, North of Caprial, Ontario. It's a long drive through the, through the Gervais logging roads. And, uh, we're like, like I said earlier, we're hoping for the four people and we may get a few extras, extras this year. We send emails out to a whole bunch of people. Now you're not just hitting off a main highway. You're we, actually driving we back are in. Driving as far as we can get, uh, with the vehicle. So it's, uh, it, the roads are pretty rough up in this area. Mm-hmm. And so it is a four by four truck that we're taking in. But we're going to take as far as we can get without scratching the paint off. <laughs> and, uh, but there is a, there, up in, uh, up in this area, there's a, a bridge. It's, the bridge is always locked anyways, but we used to be able to walk across it. But, uh, they've actually taken the bridge out now. So there's, uh, at the top of the Gervais Road, we're going to be parking in a gravel pit, camping there, and possibly the next day we're going to be moving on to our base campsite. But, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's a good, still, it's, probably about four hours to our base camp for where we have to park the vehicle. Right. And we've been in this area before. Like we've actually camped in that gravel pit before way back in the, in the North country there. And what's the drive up from Toronto? Um, I can't. To get to the park. It's, it's about. Parking spot. Yeah. It's about eight to 10 hours. Wow. It gets really slow. Like it's, uh, what is it? Six hours up to, uh, Capriol. And then it gets really slow because you're just kind of rolling through the backwoods and you're over boulders and rocks and, and roots and stuff like that. So it gets really slow into the, uh, into the backwoods, right? Right. And, uh, so if we, you know, once we get there, we, we're going to be hoofing it on foot and a little bit of river travel just to get into where the base camp is. And it's just, it's a difficult location to get to, right? Well, it's, you know, they say... It's not the destination, it's the journey. Exactly. And, and you know what? It's fun. It's, uh, these trips are always fun when we go with the guys from work and we all talk shop and this, that, the other thing and catch up because we're, everybody's on different shifts and different work schedules. So it's, uh, like for, I, I see Pierre often, but the other two guys, uh, um, Rob and Brett, and I don't see them too often. So like last time I saw Brett was, um. Last year at this time, we went on the camping trip. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've found that as well. If I'm going up camp with somebody I haven't seen in a while, the drive up is just as much fun as the rest oh, of the absolutely. time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, because you're catching up on what you've you've missed out on and what you've done and, you know, what they've done over the last, you know, however long since you've seen them sort of thing. Yeah. Talk about trips and gear and, and whatnot. Um, so you're, you're parking, you're camping one night. And yes. now, now these are all planned still. This is all still in the planning stage. Just want to point that out. Well, yeah, it's, it's sort of in the planning stage, but we don't really stick to a hard and fast plan. We, we, uh, what was it? Uh, three years ago, we were supposed to do the Petawa River in Algonquin Park. We get up to the park and we find out that the night before we knew there was a storm going through, but when we got there, the road up to, um, up to, uh, Lake Travers, there was like a two dozen trees had gone down. There was campers trapped in their cars between down trees because they were trying to escape in the middle of the night. And it was a big windstorm come through. So we, we stopped to the power was out at the outfitters and he says, you guys still want your canoe? It's like, because we couldn't get in. You couldn't get right. into the park. That end of the park was closed and they figured it was going to take two days to cut all the trees off the, uh, off the road. So we just, we still picked up the rental canoes. And we headed up north of Sudbury. Yeah. We just, okay, well, let's go. And we yeah. just, we just headed up and we did, uh, we did the Sturgeon, a portion of the Sturgeon River in the Solace Lands. Yeah. So Solace, uh, Solace Provincial Park. So it was, uh, it was just, a impromptu. Like we're, we're it, we 
it's never a problem. We always find a way to create a new plan or create a new route. It's a, it's a really good group of guys that I, I canoe with and camp with, and there's never uh, there's never been an issue. So pretty flexible. So, yeah, well, it sounds good. Uh, but so far this year, you're planning to camp the one night and then four hours into your... Yes. Your so base camp. Once we park the vehicle way, way, way north on this logging road, we're going to be uh, hoofing into, uh, what is it? Um, we're going to take the Gervais Road. We're going to park at the gravel pit. The Stull, S-T-U-L-L, Lake. So Stull Lake, there's two beach sites. And this is, this is just west of uh, Scarecrow Lake. So we're going to we're gonna do uh, some base camping. Um, we're, bringing, uh, we're bringing one of those 10-man canvas army tents, and we've got a wood stove. Right. So we're going to base camp with wood stove. That's going to be nice. And then we're going to take the next day. We're going to be, uh, Brett wants to hike to the top of, uh, right from, right from uh, base camp, he wants to hike right to the top of Ishpatina Ridge. And uh, the other, other guys are want to do the, uh, wants to canoe into the base of the main trail to the Ishpatina Ridge. So <laughs> I, uh, I got voluntold that I'm going to be hiking with Brett. So <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I, I'd be one of the ones in the canoe going to the base of the trail. Yeah. Well, that's what I yeah. want to do, but, uh, somebody has got to go with Brett, right? So no. <laughs> <laughs> it's more food for you when you're back to camp, he gets lost. <laughs> this is true, but it's a, it's a, it's a well laid out trail. So it's easy. It's uh it's not like, uh, like, uh, I, I remember reading a story previously of a guy who, uh, it was, I can't remember when it was. It was early two thousand or something. It was uh, some guy who went up in a in a in a not a Corvette but a Camaro. He took a Camaro up these old logging roads. Oh! And uh, he bushwhacked from the logging road cross country because he couldn't get any farther with the car, and he ended up sleeping out in the open overnight. And he just went. He took the hardest route, and it's it's an interesting lesson learned. So if you, if you Google Ishpatina Ridge by Camaro and you'll f- see this guy's story, it's a, it's a quick read. Probably you only take about 20 minutes to a half an hour to read it, but it's a, it's a good lesson learned about how not to plan a trip. <laughs> <laughs> so were you going to, so basically it's just get up there, do some camping and yes. check out the top of Ishpatina Absolutely. Ridge. And, and I've been to the top of Ishpatina Ridge, uh, probably two or three other times. Right. So it's, it's just, it's a nice area. We like the area and we've all been there a few times now. So we just kind of tend to keep going back. Uh, next year we're planning on doing a large loop through Saul's, uh, Saul's Provincial Park. Yep. And, uh, so that's, that's in the future. We're going to be Solace up through uh, Scarecrow, Ishpatina Ridge again, probably. And then back down through Sturgeon River, back to the vehicle. That's next year. But yeah. this year it's just, we're just going to do, and it's going to be really quick. I'm trying to convince them to slow it down, to do an extra day or two. But uh, right now it looks like it's a day up, two, maybe three days in the park and then a day back. And, uh, it seems like a lot of work just for a short little, uh, run to the peak of Ishpatina Ridge. <laughs> yeah, it does seem, but Hey, you know what? As long as you're having fun. Now you need to plan food and you need to plan gear. Yes. And that's where, again, because it's a, it's a Pierre trip, it's uh all that stuff is easy. Pierre does all the food. He just tells us how much to pay him at the end. So oh. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> he, he, he brings steak. He brings, he always brings too much food. Right. And, uh, so, and also with, uh, with some of the guys, they're not trippers. So Pierre ends up bringing like, uh, like I bring, bring my own um, thermal rest and my own sleeping bag and stuff like that. But Pierre brings all the gear for all the rest of the guys. And we use Pierre's pots and pans and dishes and cups and everything. So it's, he's got the whole thing planned to a T, which again, it's, it's such a, a relaxing way to do a trip when Pierre's doing it. Because normally when I'm doing it, I would, I lay everything out on, uh, up in the floor of my attic and, and I just start counting stuff. It's like, okay, well, you know, I need this and that for the kids, this and that for the wife. And I need warm clothes, cold clothes. I need, you know, it's, so it's, it's checklist and I always line stuff up and I often pack the, the canoe pack and then unpack it and repack just to make sure that I've got it packed properly. And so it usually takes me like a week of, uh, careful, uh, planning to do a, a family trip in the backwoods. But again, 
it's a three-year-old and a six-year-old plus my wife, so I want to get things right, right? Well, you want to make sure that everybody's comfortable yes. and they're going to enjoy themselves. And you want them because, want to go again. <laughs> well, and that, <laughs> that's exactly, especially when you're dealing with little kids. Yes. Uh, you know, they may be having a good time, but when they start getting wet and they get cold and they yes. get hungry. Then, then everybody's oh, miserable. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but pretty it, good it, so far. Like I've done, I think I've done things right because uh, my three-year-old is, has been asking you to go camping. Cool. So obviously I'm doing something right because we, we've gone twice this summer with the kids and, and they appear to really enjoy it. So. Good. Now, so when you're going with Pierre, it sounds it's it's almost like a, a guided trip. It almost is. It almost is. Yeah, where he just shows up with everything, and yeah, you know, <laughs> you show up with nothing. Yeah. Now, usually on your trips like this, what do you guys usually eat? Like a lot of fresh foods all the time, or uh, we'll bring like uh, fresh bread. So there's always fresh bread. Like I'm I'm usually tasked with uh, shore lunches, so I'll bring uh, bread and uh, like. Uh, like sausage and stuff like that, right? So I some I usually find interesting stuff. Like you can, I last year I found uh, these little individual packs of uh, uh, like uh, individual wrapped uh, pickles, hot pickles and normal pickles. So they're all in these little pouches. You just rip them open. You get a pickle and all the juice. It's kind of neat. Really? Yeah. Where'd you find those? <laughs> it's just in the deli at the grocery store. Oh. It's kind of neat. You got this little individual uh, pickle. I found a Polish deli in Scarborough. Uh, Do you remember where the old Cedarbury Mall uh, theater th- theater was? I don't know. Markham and, Markham and Lawrence. Um, it's over there, but it's around the back of, I want to say what the, uh, I can't remember what the uh, eye glasses place is there, Hakeem or something. It's over that way, but it's around the back. And they sell like smoked meats, like sausages and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they don't need refrigeration and stuff. Great shore lunches. Oh, it does. So you get a chunk of cheese, you get a chunk of uh, kielbasa or something and yep. some fresh bread to rip chunks off of. And it's, it, there's your shore lunch. There's so much energy and cheese and, and uh, smoked meat like that. So it's. And uh, yeah, I get, to, I get into the, when it comes to lunches, preparing my lunches beforehand in little baggies. Okay. So there'll be like a, a piece of sausage or something, cheese, bread. And I also get the little, um, small snack Ziploc bags and I pre-pour like Gatorade powder. Okay. So that I can just add it to my Nalgene and it makes yeah. one liter of Gatorade. Hmm. Right. Or you can use, you can put these juice crystals in there, like you yeah. get the, the crystal light or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And that's what I do. And that way, when you leave in the morning, you just grab a baggie and there's a ready-made lunch. Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. So, but uh, yeah, when you get that sort of stuff on a shore lunch, you just sit there and you just, yeah, it's, it's great lunch. It gives you the energy in the middle of the day. Like you, if you've been paddling or hiking heavily in the morning and stuff, you can, gives you a quick stop, that boost of energy to finish out the day. Yeah, it definitely does. And then, yeah, you get back to camp at the end of the day and you do yeah. your, your big dinner and then you're ready for a nice sit around the fire, exactly. relaxed time. So you've got your roots. We've got the roots. You got the maps. You got your uh, yes. dates? Yes, we got the dates. Yeah, we're we're pretty much there. Like we just have to make sure. And so everybody's got the time off now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we figured out most of the logistics. Mm-hmm. And Pierre's going to work on the meal plan over the next uh, two weeks. And right. uh, once he's got that nailed down, he'll, like, I know he's going to be talking to me, emailing me saying, okay, figure out what you're bringing for shore lunches. And the other two guys are, we just go easy on them because they're not used to tripping and planning and stuff. So it's uh, me and Pierre. Pierre does line share of the work. Then I pick up the, uh, the loose ends and the other guys just show up. Right. So there's just some last minute planning on gear and, and food. Yes. Yeah. And then you're We're just waiting for the day. Yeah. And the only thing that's going to be the stumbling block is weather. So we're going to be ready to go on the 16th on the Sunday. And, uh, we have the whole week after that and we know we're only going to need five days or so. So mm-hmm. if the weather's, we're willing to go in the, in the rain, but uh, if we have a, a clearing weather window on like Tuesday, then we just won't leave till Tuesday. Right. Well, that's cool because yeah, I mean, you, you want to keep an eye on that weather when you're planning yeah. your trip as well, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you don't want to get there and find out it's five days of yeah. 
thunder and lightning storms. And these parks, these locations, like you don't have to reserve. You just show up, get your, your permits, your passes and stuff like that. And you go in because it's so underutilized, which is great. It's not overused. Like you saw French river, how yeah. used oh, and abused yeah. it was. Yeah. 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 Like when up and up on Sturgeon river, it's, it's pristine still. There's the only damage really is from, uh, from the, uh, the nickel mine up in Sudbury where it's, uh, bleached out a lot of the rock and killed a lot of trees and wildlife, right? Yeah. Although that's coming back rain and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where you're going, are there preset campsites or can you camp wherever you want? There's preset campsites. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you're just taking- most of them have thunder boxes. But they're in, it's, it hasn't been overly cared for. So it's hit or miss what kind of thunder box you're getting. Yeah. You could be halfway through your business and- it collapses. What yeah, you're there's saying. there's a few thunder boxes where <laughs> you look at it, it's like oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to sit on that. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> they grown mold and they're getting really old. There's uh, up in Yorston Yorston Lake, Yorston River area, we uh, we came across one island campsite, or actually he's on a peninsula, and there was there was a dozen thunder boxes strapped up, ready to be brought into the backcountry, sitting on the edge of the campsite. So really? somebody had dropped it off in the middle of the winter or somebody dropped it off at some point, but the, you looked at them and it's like they're grown mold. So they've been there for five to 10 years, unbilt thunder boxes. Mold or moss? Moss. Moss. Moss and green mold. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, we ended wow. up, uh, because the campsite didn't have a thunder box, we got all the parts and pieces and we, uh, built one for our campsite. <laughs> we built 10. <laughs> we sat them in a circle. <laughs> So it was nice. We, uh, we ended up like, hey, we didn't have a Thunderbox. Look, there's a pile of unbuilt ones. It was perfect. There was a circle of Thunderboxes and a table in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> we never had to leave the site the entire week, put a tarp and, over it all and we were good. And the truck was parked only, uh, it was a half hour paddle and a, like a 15, 20 minute hike to the vehicle. And we had a power drill in the vehicle. So we even had power tools to put the Thunderboxes together. <laughs> <laughs> so... You got your time, you got your location, you got your route maps, you got food pretty much done, gear yep. pretty much done, and you're basically just waiting for the time to go. Yeah. So like most of the details were hammered out today. Like we'd all, everybody was in at work today, just the shifts all lined up. And at about one, one o'clock in the afternoon, I got my vacation finalized and it's, so today was the deciding day for finalizing this trip. Well, then let's next week, why don't you keep a tally of any changes that happen over yeah, the next the week. The only changes that are going to come over the next week is that we're going to be hammering out the food and meal plans. Yeah. Well, update us on those next week so we can keep a yeah. little tally on how this is going. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We always plan to catch fish and eat fish, but that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I used to bring a lemon... Tin foil yep. and an onion with me and Absolutely. little packets of McDonald's <laughs> salt and pepper because I was going to catch me some fish and I was going to gut it and head it and tail it and put it in tin foil with some, oh, yes. some lemon and salt and onion and pepper and cook it over <laughs> the stove. Oh, it's going to be so good. And I didn't catch a damn thing. <laughs> so you get home and did you eat all your food? Oh yeah. Oh, so you got no food left? No, just this lemon and this onion. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. So I don't bring lemons and onions anymore. <laughs> hey, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And that's when you start catching the good fish, you know. Oh, absolutely. But uh, I mean, when we were up at Woodland Caribou Provincial Park, um, the the pike and the and the walleye, the just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I missed that trip. Oh. I was, yeah, I was almost going to go on that trip with you guys. No, yeah, you should have. Your yeah. loss. <laughs> Work. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Anyway, we're uh, looking forward to hearing updates as it goes along, and then uh, we'll do a breakdown on the uh, after you're back from your trip and do a little post tear down and see what yes. happened. Should be good if it all went according to plan. Previously, we discussed. The Muskoka River X race and uh, what it was, the Algonquin uh, Outfitters Muskoka River X race. And we're, uh, they didn't have all the tallies up when we, we discussed it the first time. But now they've got all the uh, results online. 
for, there was the three races. There was the sprint, which was 80 kilometers. There which was, was new this year. Which was new this year. There was the classic, which is 130 kilometers. And then there's the Cour de Bois, which was 220 20. kilometers. Uh, canoe tandem, canoe solo, kayak solo. Uh, was there a kayak tandem? I don't no, think so. No, no, there wasn't kayak tandem, but there was, uh, there was. Oh, stand and stand up, up paddleboard. Paddle that was paddle the board. one I was missing. I can't imagine doing stand up paddleboard on a race like this. No, no. You're standing the whole time. That's just, I find that absolutely amazing. So let's just give a quick uh, outline of sure. what the results were. We'll do a quick rundown of uh, of some of the top times. So the uh, the sprint race um, it was done in ten hours and thirty four minutes. That's the top time. Uh, team was Man Camp. It was uh, Andrew Irwin and Aaron Barrett. So it's uh, that the sprint is the eighty kilometers we described earlier. Yeah. So then for the classic race, which is one hundred thirty kilometers. It was done in uh, 14 hours and one minute and 13 seconds. And that was uh, We Paddle, Fiona Vincent, and Mike Vincent. So uh, they did that in a tandem C2 canoe. Yeah, with the, the, the canoes, yeah. Yeah. And for the Cour de Bois, the big race. So that was done in 24 hours and 14 minutes exactly. That was, the team was Cash Flash. It was Tim Turner and Pat Turner. They were, I do believe they've won that before. I think they have. They sound yeah. familiar and I, yeah. I should have looked up, looked it up to see previous winners. Yeah, I think, I think they've won that before. Um, now this is the one that goes over two days. Yes. As well. The Cour de Bois goes yeah. over two days. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting to hear that. And, uh, sounds like everybody had a, had a good time. And, uh, well, speaking of good times, this is the end of our good time of the show this week. End of the show. That's right. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we hope to hear you, uh, that you tune in again next week. Until then, I'm Sean Rowley. And I am Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>